Hello and welcome to Talent and Titan, a podcast for current and future leaders in the advertising, digital, and design spaces. Talent and Titan is produced by Creative Niche, an innovative staffing recruitment and executive search firm in downtown Toronto. You can find Creative Niche on all social medias at Creative Niche or at the website creativeniche.com. On today's episode, you will hear a discussion between Gassia Malgian and Chris Davies. Chris is the executive director at Traffic, a young integrated advertising agency in Toronto's Little Italy. Chris began his career in a peculiar way by entering a contest he saw an advert for on the side of a bus. He won the contest and really hasn't looked back since. You'll hear the details of that story and more during Gassia and Chris's chat, including the importance of jamming with your coworkers, doing work that stands for something, the symbiotic relationship between workplace culture and their employees, and much more. Stay tuned to Talent Titan. copywriter i actually won a contest coming out of university there was a contest the ica held it i think they held it once i don't know if they ever held it again (laughs) and it was a contest i actually saw an ad on a bus asking it had kind of seven little creative problems to solve and send in what they did is they took uh i forget how many they took maybe a thousand they divided it up uh, across 12 different agencies and each agency interviewed a few people and each agency hired one person as a copywriter intern. So that's how I got into the bit. And it stuck because I loved it. So I bounced around as a copywriter a little bit. This was in the mid to late 90s. It was still very much, the game was very much advertising in the old school sense. I worked at Bazell Worldwide and McLaren McCann. From there, I moved to Rampkin and Company and then to a company called Sharp Blackmore Euro at the time, which is now Havas in Toronto. That's kind of where I cut my teeth. I was there a very long time uh, in, in the scheme of this industry. I was there seven years. So I've kind of run the gamut uh, all the way across. And I've, I've been a creative leader at a few different shops. My last, uh, my last gig was at Hill & Knowlton Strategies, which is uh, a big PR shop. I was a national creative director there and helped uh, build out their creative department. Very cool opportunity, very cool place, doing some interesting things as well. And from there, I came to Traffic. Uh, where I'm the executive creative director at UCD and, uh, and, and running the creative show here. We go all the way from packaging to point of sale to, uh, to basically the entire communications landscape, which is the part we do in traffic. Um, so we build plans from the package out. We try to own the moment of sale. And that's our, that's our approach. I mean, the creative firepower here is such that I was really excited to be at the helm of it. We've also got really strong planning capabilities here, which, um, which gets me excited as a creative guy because that's the fuel that feeds the fire. So that's where I am at today. Okay. And, and when you say you guys have strong planning capabilities, what, what does that look like? Well, for me, it's A, having smart, accomplished planners who know what they're doing, but also having enough of them. Uh, at a lot of shops, the planning department gets run ragged. There aren't enough bodies to go around. You know, there's dozens of briefs flying around at any given time. And if you've only got one or two people, uh, they can only either touch a small portion of them or touch a large portion of them, not enough. I'd say our per capita uh, number of people in planning is super high. And that means that planners can spend enough time chewing on the problems before they get briefed into creative. It also means they can 
work on more of the work in general. And briefs that that uh, that may appear pretty simple still get a little bit of planning time spent on them, so that our creative teams are taking off uh, in the right direction, no matter what the piece the the ask mm-hmm. happens to be. So, being strong on the planning side, obviously, very very beneficial to clients. What does it look like to be strong on the creative side? What kind of team do you need to have? What kind of soft skills or attributes are you looking for? Well, I like uh, a someone who's a crafts person is uh, is a uh, is a given. If, if a lot of that strategic planning is done up front, then someone who can make something look beautiful or sound beautiful or read beautiful is huge. But to that end, if there's going to be really good planning and, and strategic thinking going in up front, I need somebody on the creative team who's got the business acumen to digest it, synthesize it, and, and push out good creative on the other end that answers a really well thought out brief. A lot of the time, creatives can drift, can drift from that brief a little too much. And somebody who who can understand that strategic thinking and know what we're trying to accomplish and really deliver on it. Uh, That's the key for me. You talked about looking at books that are really strong for creatives. And you obviously interview both copywriters and art directors. Now, when you're interviewing or reviewing books for either of these disciplines, what are you looking for? I mean, the thing that I'm looking for being the same across each is just good ideas. And then from there, from the, uh, the art director, I mean, if, if, if the book isn't full of good ideas, then I'm going to stop looking at detailed things pretty quickly. For the copywriter, it's can they really write? And I'm, I'm hard on writers because I am a writer. <laughs> so someone who can really string together some copy that's more than, than 20 words long, first of all. Someone who can write a headline that really pulls you in, like that old school kind of trade craft of sitting, getting something strong within the seven words that's going to draw somebody in. And then the ideas themselves. From an art direction standpoint, translating those ideas into the visual space in a way that makes sense, that's seamless. And then just straight up design acumen, making sure in the way we operate nowadays in this business, art directors do a lot more than they used to, I find. There's not a lot of standing over a designer's shoulder and, and having them bring their work to life. Uh, art directors tend to do a lot more design work themselves. So making sure that they're strong in that design space is really important. Mm-hmm. That's completely fair. Do you think the CV is still alive in the age of LinkedIn? And if so, what do you think should be on that CV? Well, honestly, I use LinkedIn more often than anything else, to tell you the truth. That said, when I get a CV, uh, I, I take the time to look over it. I actually, for me, in the creative department, I like it when people include stuff you wouldn't ordinarily get, lifestyle stuff. What do you do that isn't work? That is generally a strong indicator of a well-rounded creative having other interests, you know, and especially if they're in their creative types of interests, that that shows that you've got the passion and and that can be a really helpful thing. Uh, Other than that, something that that has stood out a couple of times for me in the last few years are actually including the business results in the CV. We did this and it did this for a certain piece of business. That's really compelling because, as I said, having that that level of thought in your creative team is, is can be a beautiful thing. And the work, you know, when you look at a beautiful portfolio, making sure that it did what it was supposed to do is something that doesn't often happen. So that's another thing that's good to see on the CV for sure. Talking a little bit around culture, what are you looking for when you are interviewing somebody to potentially be on your team from a culture perspective? So I want to make sure that, uh, that well, I have kind of a no jerks policy. That's kind of the first. <laughs> so if, if someone's a jerk, you don't want them. You can't always tell in an interview. It's tough. You try to figure it out, right? But if you're if you're hiring good people that you want to be around, that you think your team will want to be around, then that's going to contribute positively to culture. 
I think one of the mistakes we make a lot is trying to to have our new people adopt our culture rather than thinking of it as a symbiotic relationship where the, the culture absorbs the person and the person absorbs the culture, but both things have to happen and they affect one another. Mm-hmm. So just find someone who's going to bring positive vibes and kind of let the rest take care of itself. Is there anything you can do as a leader in particular to make sure that there is that synergy that when someone's bringing in their own contributions to the culture that you're helping to foster that and helping to make sure it's being amalgamated in a harmonious way? Yeah, for sure. Making sure that everybody is getting a chance to be heard, making sure that everybody's, you know, meeting everybody uh, around the shop, getting involved in things, events that we do whether it's going to the bar, playing at a baseball tournament, whatever, getting people involved in the stuff that, that fits their personality, but also getting them out there in front of other people, have them, when we have internal meetings, give people a chance to talk, to share something. You made a really good point about culture shouldn't be artificial and it shouldn't be created. Now, we've heard a lot of organizations that talk about a culture of innovation. How do you help maintain and shape what innovation looks like in a creative shop? Well, two things. I mean, Again, it's going gonna, it's gonna to first come down to the people you hire. So if you're not hiring inquisitive, passionate people, then innovation, you can do whatever you want to say, let's be innovative. You're not going to be. And then as an organization, again, rather than creating artificial constructs for it, you want to create opportunity for people to do it. So you need, it's, it's got to be okay to fail, right? That's, that, I know that's a, it's almost becoming a cliche at this point, but people have to know that it's okay. Make sure that they have the bandwidth to innovate. If they're thinking about something juicy where innovation would be helpful, make sure they've got the time and the bandwidth to do it and the, the support, the people, the resources they need to do it. We get together, anyone who's available, and we basically jam and try to come up with carte blanche type stuff. We talk about things that have happened that week that we can maybe jump on, topical type stuff. We think of cause-based stuff. But uh, we actually have operationalized chances to innovate. That forces people to think in those spaces and keeps them excited and get and keeps their brains working in those inventive ways. Okay, moving on from innovation into innovative technologies, what uh, technological changes or what type of evolution have you witnessed in the last 12 to 18 months? And how do you think that has impacted the type of talent that organizations are seeking today and are going to be seeking in the next 12 months? Apart from the normal things like making sure everyone's super steeped in the digital and social spaces, things that have happened over the last uh, few months that are really hitting hard are uh, VR and AR. So virtual reality and augmented reality are, are big, are big things that, that uh, clients are starting to want to see solutions for, but also we know haven't really been tapped that well other than in a couple of places and that they're going to be tapped and it's, it's almost like an arms race to get there. So hiring people who, not necessarily people who have done lots of VR and AR or people who code in that space or anything super specific like that, but the types of people who think in the ways that apply to, to emerging spaces like that, people who think as generalists and, and, are, and are smart about the channels that they want to work in, that if, you, if, if, if it makes sense for VR to be part of a campaign, that just have the brain power and the, and the desire to figure out how to make it work and how to make it great. That's the key. I, I think my philosophy in hiring doesn't really change that much based on what the new, cool, amazing innovations are and the way channels change. Because I'm always kind of looking for people who I, I think have that versatility and that drive to work with whatever spaces uh, 
are a la mode right now and can work in the old spaces and don't and don't have the ego to care which ones that they're working in. So they truly are able to, able to and willing to uh, switch in and out of stuff depending on what's best for the job at hand. So you're really looking for people that have the business acumen that can understand how to deliver the goals of brands pretty much agnostic to the channel in which it's being delivered. So whether that's AR or VR. One thing organizations that we work with repeat over and over again with us is content is king. We need content strategists. We need content writers. Given that your background is in copy, I'd be really interested to know where do you see content growing? Do you think that there's going to be a chief content officer role in the near future? I do believe that it needs to be addressed with people who are experts in the field, but that's always been the case. And this just happens to be the one that needs to be addressed right now and probably is going to stay important for, for a long time. I don't see why you wouldn't bring in an expert and call them content something though. Not In our case, it's Greg. I don't know whether it's, I, do creative directors become direct directors of content creation or something like that? I don't think so. I think that that there's a slightly different skill set there. I, I think that creatives who are really good at, at working in the content space are going to be the key to the thing, and creative directors who understand it and and are good at creative directing it are going to be the key. In the end, the title doesn't mean as much as what the person's actually doing and what they're creating. So. One last question for you before um, we end our conversation. What excites you most about where advertising is headed? Oh, that's a, that's that's that, that's a good question right there. <laughs> uh, what excites me most about it is our chance to actually create to to, to do cause based stuff. I think we can actually we can actually do things that do good. Brands really want to do things that do good now. They are starting to understand that uh, that in order to really engage with your fan base you need to stand for something that can be a small thing or a grandiose thing but you need to stand for something uh, what's exciting for me there is it is it means that me and and the and the company i work for and the teams that report to me and everyone around me is going to get to work on work that really has that purposeful drive that can stand for something so now it's, it's not just sometimes we do work that stands for something and sometimes we do work that does x and sometimes work that we do work that, that does y now the right answer is always to do work that stands for something uh, in this landscape. And so it's an exciting time to be part of that and, and be thinking that way. And knowing that the new cool stuff is just going to keep coming, the rate at which technology changes and the channels we can work and evolve is, is astounding. And that's a challenge to be embraced and enjoyed more than anything else as well. Thank you so much for your insights today. I really appreciate it. No problem. And that's all for today from Chris and Gassia. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you did, I would encourage you to subscribe and follow us on iTunes or at talentandtitan.simplecast.fm and on all social medias at talentandtitan. While you're there, you can follow Traffic on Instagram at TrafficGram or on Twitter at TrafficCA, and that's Traffic with a K. If you haven't already, check out our sponsor at Creative Niche. Thank you once again to Chris for chatting with us, and thank you as always for listening. I'm your host, Christian Gilbert, also with a K. Take care until next time.